Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and if you enjoyed our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites, and our goal is really to raise all voices, big and small, around the world. Now, we are live today, so that means you can call in with any of your questions, and, you know, our topic today is financial protection, um, digital monitoring, and reducing your stress, saving time, and and catching back up on some sleep because I know these are really worrisome issues. So feel free to call in at 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. Now, as usual, I always like to give some shout outs uh, before I introduce our guest. And so I want to first encourage everyone to check out Dementia Map. It's a global resource directory that has an events calendar, which I have to say is a little slim pickings for August because I think everyone's vacationing. Um, but that'll be popping back up again um, after that. But there's lots of free events there as well as some for fee. And um, then we have a blog and a glossary, but there's 150 different topics that you can search. And in fact, Careful, who we're going to be interviewing with, is on there. That is the this digital monitoring service. Um, so I'm really excited to talk with them. You'll also find a, a link to the Memory Cafe directory that hosts uh, basically directories for five different countries. Um, Coral Faith, who is still giving out free downloads uh, to two of their music apps. Um, the Foot Bar Walker, which we're going to hear from in just a bit, and so many more um, artists senior living is on their home instead, and tons of books through all authors and independents as well. Uh, I also want to shout out, I'm going to be facilitating a caregiver support group, which is now meeting in person. That is sponsored by uh, Brookdale North Oaks and the Shoreview Parks and Rec here in Minnesota. Um, that is on Wednesday, the last Wednesday of each month from 10 to 11. And if you're interested in participating, you can uh, call 763-913-6104. And I have two more to go here. Um, one, I just, I really like this concept. It's called the Brain Donor Project. Um, and brains are needed, you know, in order to analyze what is going on, both healthy brains and those that are diseased. And what I love about this is 
My understanding is this is free, where I know when my mom had her brain autopsy, I think we paid close to $900 to do that. So check out the thebraindonorproject.org. And then mark your calendars for November 2nd, because the dementia research charity BRACE is going to be having a conference, and um, the fee is very low. I think it's like $5, $10, $15, and it's called Together for Dementia, and they are going to be interviewing people from around the world on lots of different topics. So um, you can find out more information on that by just going to Alzheimer's Speaks. Uh, com and we've got some information on our um, homepage. We're going to hear from the Footbar Walker, and we're going to be right back. Introducing the life-changing Footbar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Footbar Walker revolutionized my care of George. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. The footbar walker opens and closes just like a standard walker. The only thing that is different is the top bar and the footbar. Does that ever make a difference? Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The footbar walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's the thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the footbar walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the footbar walker. Well, we are back and it's time to introduce our guest who is Cameron Huddleston and she is an award-winning personal finance journalist and the author of the book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. How to Have an Essential Conversation with Your Parents About Their Finances. Uh, Cameron was a caregiver for her mother for 12 years who had Alzheimer's disease, and she is currently the Director of Education um, and content at, uh, or content at Careful, which is a digital service to protect and organize older adults' daily finances. So welcome, Cameron. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lori. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. I just think, uh, A, I think your your book is lovely, and two, I think um, this company, Careful, uh, and what they are able to do is fantastic. So I can't wait uh, to have you tell us a little bit more about that. But first, I always like to have people kind of tell us a little bit about their personal story and, and how you were touched by dementia. Sure. So as you mentioned when you were introducing me, I was a caregiver for 12 years for my mother who had Alzheimer's disease. She was 65 years old when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. I was 35 and I didn't have any friends my age who were in a similar situation. So pretty much had to figure out things on my own. I I knew what to do on the financial side of things because I had been a personal finance journalist. That was relatively easy for me to wrap my head around that. But the the emotional side of caring for someone, for caring for a parent, I just I was not prepared for that. And any caregiver knows. I mean it's it's not easy and I was 
hands-on caregiver for about four years. My mother lived with me for two of those years, and then she was in a memory care facility for eight years, and during that time I was managing all of her finances, overseeing her care, and of course I was visiting with her regularly during that time, and we lost her in January of this year, not only to Alzheimer's, but she also had cancer, and she had contracted COVID-19, and so um, it was it was pretty it was pretty difficult there at the end. My goodness, she had the trifecta there: cancer, Alzheimer's, and COVID. I am so sorry for your loss. That I, I I can't imagine how difficult that that is. I mean, all of our journeys are a little bit different. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You know, I I, I want to talk about kind of the decline of financial capabilities in early signs of cognitive decline because it's really really common. And it's been very well documented. But I also have heard that researchers at St. John's or, uh, at Johns Hopkins have recently found those um, with Alzheimer's and other related dementias were more likely to miss bill payments six times a year um, before before a diagnosis. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't say six times a year, six years before diagnosis. I'm fumbling over my own words here. Um, And that's pretty significant. Uh, And a lot of times unknown by family members because we usually don't have our our nose in their business at that time. But yet really scary. I mean, I have heard so many different stories of financial um, mishaps and actual disasters because no one was really monitoring things. And I'm sure that you must hear a ton of stories, especially with your book and now working with Careful yourself. Um, I guess what are your what are your thoughts? And, and should people be scared? You know, what what can you do differently as a family member to to help protect you know, those mishaps and disasters from happening? It is scary, certainly, to to know that research has found that people could be making mistakes with their finances, making late payments and missed payments up to six years before there ever is that diagnosis of dementia. I mean, we think mom and dad are doing just fine. We're not noticing any signs of memory loss, but they're behind the scenes. They're forgetting to pay the electric bill or they're forgetting to pay the credit card bill or the car loan, and suddenly these you know, collections notices are arriving. We're like, what in the world? Mom and dad, I thought everything was okay. Why why, why is the electricity being turned off? Why is your car being repossessed? We have no idea because we're not seeing any other signs, but there are issues with their financial capabilities that are cropping up well before any other signs of dementia. And that is scary because like you said, we're not poking our noses around in our parents' finances. I mean, I wrote a book on how to talk to your parents about their finances because I know most people don't have those conversations. Money is a taboo topic. It's really awkward to try to talk to your parents about their finances because it represents a really big role reversal. So most of us have no idea what's going on in our parents' financial lives, but I think this research really shows that it's so important for us to know, for us to start having these conversations with our parents while they're still healthy so we can start to get a glimpse 
behind those closed doors into their finances, know what's going on so that when things start to go off the rails a little bit, that we recognize there's a problem, we can step in and start to get involved and limit that damage. I mean, I think back to my mom and all of the mistakes she was probably making before I ever realized she was having memory problems. I know she was donating to every charity that asked for money, and I really didn't notice this until I was getting a lot more involved with her finances and her care, but I'm just glad that she had money left to pay for her care and she hadn't given it all away. Yeah, well, and not all of those charities are real out there either. I mean, there's a lot right. of scammers right. out there. And, uh, you know, I've heard so many families go, oh, my gosh, all of a sudden, you know, there's no there's no electricity, there's no heat. Um, you know, the mortgage, it was called, um, you know, the, the like you said, the car was literally taken away. I mean, these aren't just you know, high pie in the sky type things that could happen. These actually have happened to a lot of families. And, um, you know, the scammers are fierce out there. And I, and what I've heard is once you get on one list, they, they share them with their friends, their other scammers. And I've, I've actually seen that happen to some friends of mine, which is, is really, really um, difficult to watch. I think the other thing that's nice about, about your book and and having you know this essential conversation is it also eases the way into what are their last wishes getting legal documents in order um, because it's about smart living you know it's not about taking away it's about preserving and um, allowing them to have as much independence as possible and in maximizing you know what they've squirreled away you know for that rainy day (laughs) and and making sure you know that that they still can live well you know off off whatever it is um, they have from social security checks and pensions to uh, to life savings and so um, really really a very very critical conversation to have you know, clearly you can't just go in and go, Mom and Dad, I want to monitor your finances to see if you're messing up, you know, paying the bills. Um, and, you know, that might mean you've got dementia. You know, I'm just I'm just here for your best interest. I mean, you can't word it like that. So how the heck do you approach, how the heck do you approach it? <laughs> exactly, because if you say that, you're going to put Mom and Dad on the defensive, and they're going to shut down, and they're going to be like, What? You want you want me to let you monitor my finances to see if I'm forgetting things? No way. I mean, if my kids said that to me, I'm like, you know, I might think, well, what? But I think uh, a lot of it depends on the type of person your parent is, and that will help determine the approach that you should take when it comes to having these conversations and getting involved and letting your parents know that you're looking out for their best interests. So, you know, if mom and dad think money is a really taboo topic, then you certainly don't want to go to them and and start asking them questions about how much money is in the bank account and, you know, can you let me see what's going on in the bank account? (laughs) They're not going to be open to that probably, at least not right away. You want to talk about bigger picture issues, and I think the key here is to focus on protecting them, maybe talking to them about all those scammers who are out there looking to take advantage of mom and dad. And so, you know, maybe going to them and saying, hey, I just, 
I, I got a call the other day from someone claiming to be with the IRS, and they said I didn't pay my taxes, and they were going to send the sheriff to come take me to jail, and I just wanted to let you know, Mom and Dad, this is a scam call. It's been going around for a while. I want you to know IRS and other government agencies, they're not going to call you. They're not going to start asking for personal information. They're certainly not going to ask you to wire any money, and so the conversation can start that way, and by the way, Mom and Dad, um, you know, there are a lot of these scams going on, and I think it's really important for us to have some conversations about how to protect you, protect you from the scammers, and just, just to protect your finances and make sure everything is in place, make sure there's a system in place to make sure that you're protected, to make sure that, you know, you're, nothing is falling between the cracks, to make sure that people aren't there stealing your identity and you don't know about it. And I can, I can help you do that. Let me be that second set of eyes to protect you and your finances. So that's one way to go about it. Now, if your parents are super logical and they, you know, are you know, into science and they're the type who are going to be reading up on the latest advances in dementia and detecting Alzheimer's, then yes, maybe you go to them with that Johns Hopkins study and say, hey, look, I just read about this study. There have been articles written about it and it shows that people could be making mistakes with their money and their finances up to six years before there's a diagnosis of dementia. Mom and dad, you know, I know that this is the type of thing that you're interested in and you read a lot about this. Let's make sure that you aren't making those mistakes. Let's, maybe there's a way that I can help you monitor your finances or maybe we can at least set up alerts on your account, on your bank account and your credit card account every time there's a transaction or Maybe we can go and check your credit report to see what's going on there. And so if your parents are very, you know, very logical and into science and want to know about the latest advances, then you could just be direct with them. But if your parents don't like to talk about money, then like I said, you know, find a way to reach out and touch on those sore points. You know, let me protect you from scammers. That might be a better approach with them. Yeah, I I know I have um, two brothers, and you know my mom and dad had me kind of oversee things for them. And my my older brother, he's kind of that approach of, you know, tell me everything. Where's your investments? You know, where's this? How much you have? I mean, that's I mean when I when I when I brought a, I'll never forget this. When I brought my future husband home to meet my family, the first thing out of his mouth was. What do you do and how much do you make? I mean, that's just how blunt he is, you know. And, you know, my folks were kind of like looking at him singing, you know, hit the road, Jack, you know, because we're not we're not telling you that right now. And so I, I kind of did what you did. And I think one thing that a lot of people can do, too, is, you know, a, a lot of our parents um, are members of ARP. And ARP is really good about sending information on scams and just saying, hey, you know, I've heard there's a lot of scams out there. Do you have, you know, the latest newsletter, you know, or magazine from them? I would like to look because I would want to know. Because I think when we when we say they're not alone in worrying about this, makes makes them feel a little bit more comfortable that they're not the only targets out there. Um, and they're not. I mean, I remember the... The energy company here where I live in, in Minnesota is Excel, and on my phone, it popped up saying they were Excel Energy and that I hadn't made my payment. 
And thank God I had just literally made my payment a week prior, and I knew I had made my payment. So I didn't give them any information, and I called, you know, the energy company, and they're they're like, yeah, they've gotten really sophisticated. We still can't figure out how they clone our numbers and pop up because that used to be a safety net, kind of that caller ID, and it's not anymore. Um, Just like with all the emails and things that people get, they have to really – Look at the email itself. Um, And I I just had a neighbor who, um, you know, she went and got her bank statement. There were three pages of charges that weren't hers, all done over the Internet. And what was really sad is she went to the bank and the bank said, oh, yeah, they're listening to your phone conversations. Go to Best Buy and they'll fix it. And I'm like, they're not listening to her phone conversations. Somebody got a hold of her credit card you know, and is using that. Um, And there's multiple ways, as you know, that can happen. And so there's so much misinformation, but I'm talking with my neighbor. I mean, literally she was trembling. She was just so scared. And then she says, I just called and I changed all my numbers and all my accounts. And if they're listening to me, they have all that information again. And and she was just terrified, just, you know, and so stepping through with her in terms of, of monitoring things and, you know, how to help um, set up. In fact, I, I recommended careful to her um, if she didn't want to switch banks and things like that. Um, but this is stuff, not only, you know, is it embarrassing for the person that it happens to, um, and they don't want to tell anybody, they kind of want to handle it on their own. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, things can get out of hand. And now everybody's really embarrassed and everyone's in crisis. And and my understanding is that's what CAREFUL is really trying to avoid, is to make the process easier, you know, on everybody for, for monitoring. Um, I have one question for you. You know, I had mentioned about, you know, seeing um, if it's possible for families to do this jointly. So if my parents were still alive, is this something I can sign up for personally myself? Um, just because I want to watch out for scammers, um, and that would alert me of a, of a, you know, maybe a, a goofy, um, a goofy tick out there that I that I wasn't aware of. Certainly. So let me let me explain to people briefly what Careful is. It is an app, and you can download it on your iPhone, your Android device. It was launched in February. And what it does is it allows you to link accounts, whether those are your own accounts or your aging parents' accounts, your aging loved ones' accounts. You link them to the app, and it will monitor those accounts 24-7 for missed and late bill payments, duplicate transactions. So like that electric bill, like you got that notice, Laura, you said about You know, it was that scam notification, you've got to pay your bill, and you went and checked. Well, you would have known already. If you had paid it twice, you would have gotten a notification. You just paid this twice, and then you would have said, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I just made a mistake here. Um, So it looks for duplicate transactions. It looks for changes in spending. It looks for unusual transactions. It looks for charitable contributions, especially recurring ones, because sometimes people are getting signed up to make charitable contributions 
on a regular basis and they don't even realize it. It also offers credit and personal data monitoring. And so, yes, you could sign yourself up and it's going to be that second set of eyes on your account and alert you when there's anything unusual with an email and a text message. You can sign your parents up and they're going to get the alerts. You're going to get the alerts. You could also add other family members into your circle. So if you and a sibling are both caring for mom and dad, everyone can be on the same page because they're all linked up together in the app and you can use the app to communicate. You can even add trusted financial professionals. So if mom and dad are working with an accountant or a financial advisor, you could add that financial advisor. The the advisor is also going to know what's going on behind the scenes with mom and dad's daily accounts. And I know, you know, financial advisors know what's going on, but they're typically more tuned into that retirement income and those retirement accounts and making sure that they are not drawing down their savings too quickly. This is going to give them insight about what's going on behind the scenes. So it's for caregivers and for older adults who want to make sure their money's safe. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking, you know, approaching it kind of as a family, this is a smart thing for all of us to do. Um, sometimes can just take the edge off of, oh gosh, you just think I'm incompetent, <laughs> you know. And just it, it it's I think it's looked at just totally different. Anyways, it was with my folks, not necessarily because careful wasn't around back then or or I wasn't knowledgeable of it, I should say. Um, but like when we even did our um financial planning, when we went to get all of our, our wills and health care directives, we did it as a family. So it wasn't just my folks, it was my husband and I doing ours. Um, and we could have kind of these general conversations as adults over taking care of what was important to us without that threat of you just don't have the wherewithal anymore to do this on your own. Um, and and it, for us, it just made it much, much easier. And and it was it was a good thing for us too to do. So um in this day and age, and I think a lot of people are just looking at a second set of eyes kind of watching over things as well. Um because things just seem to be getting worse and worse out there in terms of of the scams and different things that are happening. But it's really easy with busy life to miss a payment or pay something twice as well um, because you just, you weren't sure. And so you, you just did it again, you know, just to make sure you weren't behind and get a nick on your credit as well. Um, exactly. Exactly. Because if you make a, if you typically make a credit card payment on the 15th of every month and now it's the 17th, you're going to get an alert. Hey, typically this bill is paid on the 17th. You might be late on this payment. We could all use Reminders, and I love that you made it a family affair <laughs> getting mm-hmm. those estate planning documents in place. And I think that's a really good way to approach it. You certainly don't want to go to your parents and say, I need to be monitoring you because I don't think you can do a good job yourself. That That's not an effective way to start the conversation. It's all about I'm looking out for your best interest or, hey, I'm doing this thing. Maybe you want to do it too. We could all be doing this because we could all be taking more steps to protect our finances, to be prepared and to be prepared as a family in case we have to help each other out. 
Exactly. Well, and another thing that this can help with that, that a lot of families struggle is if you can get your folks on board with this. I know my folks, they had money scattered all over the place. You know, they had investment here and investment there. It's like, oh, my gosh, how do you keep any of this stuff straight? And if you can get that all put in to careful, to monitor, at least, A, you know where the stuff is. Because so often when a, a parent is in crisis um, and the kids step in, they, if they don't even know what they have. They don't know what to look for because no one talks about this. And uh, I, I exactly. think that is huge, huge issue that so many families struggle with. So, you know, I see this as really, even if they don't want to take the next steps of, um, you know, directives and wills and all of those things, at least you'll, at least you'll know where they have and what they have. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to step in and discuss maneuvering things around on them, but at least you'll have the documentation that's needed in the future at your fingertips. Um, so depending on, you know, what your process is like, what your family is like, um, and maybe it's not your family you want monitoring. You know, maybe maybe the family, you know, is at odds. That doesn't mean that you can't have a trusted professional or another person you know, watch over this for you. It could be an attorney. It could be an accountant. It could be a, um, a geriatrician. Uh, it could be, you know, it could be a close personal friend. And, um, you know, it doesn't I always, I would imagine, have to be a family member. I would imagine there's got to be, um, is there like powers of attorney for access with all of this? Or how, how does that, how does that work? So here's the beauty of careful, and this is especially important for any parents who don't like the idea of giving up any of their independence. This app allows them to maintain their independence longer. You are not giving your children or anyone else access to the funds in those accounts. It's view only. So if I were to be using careful to monitor my mom's finances, I could only see what's going on. I couldn't get into those accounts and make transfers or do anything along those lines. And so you're, any parent out there who happens to be listening and thinking, well, why would I want to do this? <laughs> why would I want my kids to see what's going on in my accounts and give them access? You're not giving them any access to your accounts. It's view only you're giving your adult children insight into your finances in case there is that emergency, like you said, Lori, so that if something were to happen, you're in the hospital, they know what bills are regularly paid, and they can make sure those bills continue to get paid. Now, mm -hmm. yes, it is very important to, to name a power of attorney to make financial decisions for you if you can't. But you don't have to be power of attorney. You're just letting people get this view-only access. Um, but... You know, this is all part of the conversation and all part of being prepared. You know, maybe the first step is getting your parents to let you be that second set of eyes, set of eyes, letting your adult children be that second set of eyes. And then the next step, okay, you know, you're monitoring, you're seeing what's going on. Let's make sure that you are named my power of attorney. Or mom, let's make sure I am named your power of attorney so that if something does happen, I can sign those checks for you. And make sure the bills continue to get paid, and and I can I'm named your healthcare proxy, so I can make medical decisions for you. It's so important to have conversations and to plan to be prepared, so you don't have to scramble 
so you don't have to play detective. I mean, I I did not have these conversations with my mother, and I should have known better, and that's why I wrote the book, because I don't want people to make the same mistake I did. There was an account of hers that I didn't even know existed. It had mm-hmm. $50,000 in it, and it was almost turned over to the state as unclaimed property for lack of activity. Unfortunately, I found out about it because they were sending letters to my mom, you know, who was living with me at the time and saying, we're going to turn this account over. And I was able to use my power of attorney and get access and then use that money to help pay for her care. But I didn't know about it because I had not had conversations. We didn't sit down and make a list of all of her accounts. I didn't have an app like Careful to let me see what was going on behind the scenes. And so I just think it's so important as we are living longer and we are going to be needing help from others that we give others the tools to help care for us as we age. Oh, I agree. And, you know, and sometimes people forget about where all they have funds. You know, if they only get a statement once a year, um, because, you know, I know like with my parents, you know, my dad had an account from years and years ago you know, and then he switched jobs when he was younger and stuff. And it was something he he just like, eh, it's there, you know, but he, he really didn't pay attention to it. He just knew it was, it was there, but it wasn't top of mind or something that he, you know, if you called him on it, he would even think about because it was so long ago until, you know, that annual statement would come and say, oh, you got money. But if you don't know, and a lot of us don't know, where our parents keep those types of things, and some don't keep them either. Um, that makes it difficult, <laughs> you know, to track stuff down. And and then if something does happen, then you've got to have an attorney, you know, really, you know, you know search their social security number and see what's all out there. And um, you know, that can cost you some some extra dollars in time and and stress, you know, with all of those types of things too. So. Um, you know, I think the more comfortable we can get people talking about this financial pro, um, protection is just uh, very important. You know, it's it's kind of like, um, well, like I say, it, it's smart living, but people put it up in the, the death category. Oh, you think I'm dying. I'm not going to be around long. And it's like it hasn't, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. It's just really about smart living and um, preventing any problems from happening and helping people create a more independent life with less stress. Cause you know, if someone is having issues um, with their memory, most of the time they notice it, they may not say anything and finances is very common in many types of dementia to be the first to go. And, and so there's nothing to be ashamed about that. You know, this is part of a disease process, and so getting getting that support in there is really, really important. Um, I wanted to ask if you have um, any stories that you've heard of, you know, either through your writing your book or through Careful itself in terms of um, some crisis states and then kind of some comfort states in terms of, you know, how families have felt having these talks and, and getting positioning their family to be safe. So I have a really I have a really good example of the consequences of not having these conversations. There was a man I interviewed for my book, his name is Doug, and he saw signs that his dad was 
having memory issues and you know, kind of hinted that maybe his dad should name him power of attorney, but his dad said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And so he didn't push. And then a few years later, dad ends up in the emergency room and has to get emergency surgery. And then he goes from surgery into a nursing facility for rehabilitation. And at this point, dad has full-blown Alzheimer's. The son was never named power of attorney. The son cannot access his dad's bank accounts to pay the bills. And so the son has to go through the court system to be named his dad's conservator. And he spends nine months and $10,000 to be named his dad's conservator. You know, and it could have been avoided if he just maybe had been willing to have that conversation and push and say, Dad, come on, let's just go ahead and make sure that you've named a power of attorney, whether it's me or my brother or someone else you trust. You know, and I, he told me when I interviewed him for the book, I wish I had done that. I wish I had pushed a little harder than I would have avoided ending up in that situation. You know, just this is just one example of why these conversations are are so important. But someone else, another friend of mine, actually she read my book and she asked her mother, who lives on her own, and said, "Mom, if something were to happen to you, and you were in the hospital and I needed to pay the bills, how could how would that look? How would we make that happen?" And she's like, "You know, I never thought about that. I'm so glad you asked." She went and made a list of all the bills she had to pay and how her daughter could pay them, and it was as simple as that. And now they are prepared in case the daughter has to ever step in and help her mom out if her mom ends up in the hospital. These conversations don't have to be awkward. And when you have them, it just makes it so much easier when those emergencies arise and they will they 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 mm-hmm. will arise you will have to get involved with your parents finances one way or the other either while they are living and if you have to care for them or when they die and you have to deal with what's left behind so i think the more you can discuss and be open about what's going on what sort of assets they have what sort of accounts they have what sort of plans they have the more prepared you will be and then you don't have to scramble in an emergency when emotions are running high and the last thing anyone wants to talk about at that time is finances. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's so important to be prepared. Exactly. Exactly. I know with my daughter, I've added her onto uh, my accounts just so that, you know, she's got access. I mean, I could get hit by a car tomorrow. Um, So many different, I, I have a heart attack. I mean, this isn't about, age and the likelihood this is just again it's about smart living anything can happen to any of us anytime and the more prepared we are the better off we all are you know when it comes to dealing because we're going to be in crisis mode when that moment hits and you really don't need to have any added weight on you if you can you know if you can avoid that i mean i I would greatly encourage people to try to get their ducks ducks in a row when it comes to comes to all of this. Um, yeah, ten, an extra ten thousand dollars in in nine months of extra stress for that guy in terms of trying to get a guardianship in place. I mean, ugh, who needs that? No, right? What a nightmare! <laughs> yeah, what a exactly. night! What a nightmare! You know, and, and I would point out too, this is this is a this is a true story that we, we heard at Careful and this is really sad. And so someone whose father had long term care insurance 
And, you know, hopefully your listeners know if you if you need long-term care, Medicare does not pay for it. Long-term care insurance will. Life insurance policies that have a long-term care benefit can pay for long-term care. Medicaid will pay for long-term care if you qualify. But this man had long-term care insurance, and he had been diligently paying for it, but he started to have memory issues. And he was forgetting to make those payments. And guess what happened? His policy lapsed. And uh, just when he needed that policy most, his policy had lapsed because he was experiencing memory loss and hadn't made his payments. You know, and so if there's someone, if, if you're monitoring it, if you're using technology like Careful to monitor those payments, someone's going to see that that payment's not being made. And that could have been prevented. Dad's Long-term care insurance policy would have stayed intact. It wouldn't have lapsed if there was a monitoring system in place to make sure that bill was getting paid. And, you know, dad wouldn't have been without his coverage at a time when he needed it most. And that's tragic. That's tragic. You don't want your parents giving away all their money when they're going to need it to pay for their care. Well, and, you know, long-term insurance isn't cheap to begin with. And if they get it when they're younger, yeah, it's, it's less expensive, but over time, you know, it all adds up, and, you know, they would just be so angry uh, of that happening. And an insurance company, chances are, I would bet, they're not going to bend the rules because they see someone wants to leverage the policy, and legally, they've got an out, and they'll stand their ground on that. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen that in other situations where um, someone's had to fight tooth and nail just even over verbiage you know, on a policy that's 30 years old and today's verbiage is different. And um, he ended up getting legislators and the whole nine yards involved. But, you know, that's why they write those contracts so tight. And um, that is the last thing you want happening because dementia is expensive. It's very expensive to care for someone. Um, if it's your dollars or the state's, it doesn't make any difference. But if you've got that protection, you want to keep it in place. And, and in doing that, you're really being respectful of their wishes. That is something they thought was important. And and so that might be another way to kind of bring bring this up in terms of just the aging process and things can happen and you know, they've all heard stories, you know, of, of something happening. And, uh, again, you're coming in trying to be the hero and the protector versus the taker away or in the controller. Right. Um, so makes a makes a big, big difference there. Um, how easy is it for someone to sign up? I mean, some of these things I know can be really complicated and take you hours. And some people will even say weeks, you know, to get everything you know, put in, how does how does the process itself work? It is so easy. So you, you can get the app. There is a free 30-day trial to see if you like it. If you do, you can pay $9.99 a month if you opt for, you know, the year's worth of service. Otherwise, um, it's twelve ninety nine a month if you're just billed monthly. Um, so there is there is a fee for the app, but that's because we're not getting money any other way. We're not selling your information to anyone. We're not trying to sell you other products or services. And so that's that's what pays the bills. Uh, careful, 
Um, and all you have to do, if you're if you're signing up for yourself, you just simply enter the username and password for the accounts you want to link. And we don't see that. Careful doesn't see those usernames and passwords at all. It's bank level security. It is incredibly secure. We don't have that information. You know, all we're doing is using technology to monitor what's going on and looking for patterns and stuff so we don't see those usernames and passwords that stay safe with you. If you are signing up for a parent, then yes, you're going to need to have a conversation with mom and dad, and they're going to need to agree to share those usernames and passwords with you, or you just hand them the phone and say, hey, in your username and password, I don't need to see it, you know, enter in there, and it's going to just start monitoring right away. It's that simple. It takes no time at all. So would this be something that would come over my phone as a daughter that I could I can view, or are alerts just sent and I don't actually go into the account to see see balances and things? What What does that look like in terms of the monitoring and the notification process for the person whose account it is and if they're sharing it with someone else. So you will get text and email alerts when careful spots something unusual, a late payment, a mispayment, a duplicate transaction, charitable or political contribution that is made. You'll get that alert and then you can it'll tell you, you know, what it is. You know, this this, there's a possible late payment, or we just noticed a duplicate transaction. Then you can go into the app and get more information. Now, when you do get into the app, you're going to see all of those linked accounts there in one place. So you're going to get a nice overview of your parents' financial situation or your own if you've signed up for yourself. And you'll get a, a weekly report telling you everything that uh, Careful has seen with its monitoring. There is also the credit and personal data monitoring. So you're going to get alerts anytime there's any sort of change to your credit report, if there's a new line of credit open, for example, or if we've discovered that your personal data is circulating out there on the dark web, you'll get a notification. And then you can go into the NAP app and then see specifically what is going on there and what you need to address. And maybe that maybe that late payment isn't really late. Maybe you it's just you're getting ready to pay it and you're sending the check out today. But you've got that notification and you can stay on top of things. You know, maybe mom intended to make that charitable contribution, but maybe she didn't and you can have a conversation and say, Hey mom, did you really mean to donate? $500 to this political campaign for a political party that you're not even affiliated with. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you can, it, can, it can help you stay on top of things. But, yeah, she'll get the alert through text message and email, and then you can use the app to get a more complete picture of, what, complete picture of what's going on. So it can, it can send notices out to multiple people? Yes. If you want, okay, yes. so if you want your daughter, your financial planner, or your, your accountant to to see that information. You is there a limit to the number of people who can have access to that? Um, you you can add, you know, as many people as you trust um, mm -hmm. to to your account. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Adding everyone you know, you know, just yep, keep exactly. that keep those that, that trusted circle small. 
Exactly. Um, is there a way to be able to put alerts to pay a bill so that you would never have a late payment on there? Um, is that something that Careful does? I, I know, you know, with some banks and stuff, you can do that. But a, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't like, you know, doing digital banking. Um, even though I think the majority of people are converting to that, there's still a lot of people that I'd rather write a check, <laughs> you know. Um, to do that, but right. is, is there a way to have um, an alert set, or is that something that they would still need to do themselves or through their own bank or whatever? So currently, we do not have a like a bill payment system set up or that sort of alert, but we are continually adding features to the app. Like as I mentioned, we have credit and personal data monitoring. That's something. We just added the monitoring for charitable contributions and political donations. That was just added. And so we are and we are adding new features all of the time. And we want to make the service as robust as possible. So just because we're not currently providing that service does not mean that we are not going to be. In fact we are looking to we are looking to actually adding that service down the road, but right now it is not available. Okay, because I would think you, even if it wasn't hooked up to like a bill pay service, but just having that alert tied in or or noting it next to, uh, I don't know, some, I, I suppose it would have to list uh, the bills that you normally pay and just the date um, might be helpful uh, to both the, the person whose accounts it is and to any um, care partner or someone helping them oversee uh, just so it wouldn't get flagged so that they could help prevent that. You know, if they're trying to protect, um, you know, uh, credit scores and things like that. And it would it would be a positive thing, I think, for the person uh, who's being monitored to, to know that they're trying to prevent that instead of just alerts when something got screwed up or something's questionable as well. I think that could be a nice, a nice addition um, to the program. But you know what do I know? That's just my just my, just my thought on that. Um, anything that we haven't covered that we that we should talk about, uh, Cameron? Well, I certainly think that we covered a lot, and I would certainly encourage all of your listeners um, who have not had conversations with their parents yet or their adult children about finances, to have those conversations as soon as possible. I encourage people to have that second set of eyes on your finances. We could all use help staying on top of things, and fortunately there's technology out there to make that easier. Exactly. Now people can go to the the Get Careful uh, website. Um, Again, that's Get Careful dot com we'll bring you to the website of careful um on facebook they are tagged as get careful same as instagram and twitter um i would like to um cameron if you don't mind uh just have you say a few words we've got you know about uh nine minutes left here about your book you know that which is titled again mom and dad we need to talk um, and having those essential conversations, you know, with parents about their finances. Um, what what can people expect to find 
in your book? How, how have you formatted it and how can they purchase it if they're interested? The book walks you through the process of why you need to have the conversation, how to have the conversation, starting first with talking to your siblings so you and your siblings can get on the same page before talking to mom and dad. I have several conversation starters. I have a whole chapter dedicated to actually walking you through the conversation, which really is not just one conversation, but a series of conversations and how to kind of break it down into these different conversations. I tell you what sort of information you need to gather from your parents. I talk to you about legal documents such as power of attorney and wills and living wills. I talk about long-term care and how to have that long-term care conversation. I talk about how to talk to your parents about scams and fraud. I talk about how to have the conversation about when it's time to move. I have tips on how to get through to reluctant parents. I even have a chapter on what to do if your parents refuse to talk. And then I wrap it up with why you should be paying this forward and having the conversation with your own children and not waiting for them to come to you as you get older. And you can get the book on Amazon.com. Um, you know, check with Barnes & Noble, even check with your independent bookseller. Plenty of ways to get the books at, get the book at, you know, any of the places where you would regularly get a book. Okay, wonderful. Again, I would encourage people to pick that up if you haven't had this conversation. Um, you know, prepare for it. And I love that you started out with, you know, having the conversation with siblings because I think that's the number one mistake that can be made is when that conversation isn't had and then one sibling um, moves forward and then there seems to be this distrust in the family. Well, what is she up to? What's going on? How come we weren't told about this, you know? And um, it's sad, but I, I have seen that repeatedly out there and um, you don't need any added frustrations in this process because it's going to be stressful as it is. Exactly. You know, it's interesting because I often hear that a lot of times the the biggest issues are between siblings and not the child and the parents. Um, and oftentimes those arguments do arise between siblings just for the reason that you said, you know, you think they think that you're going behind their back to talk to mom and dad and you don't want your siblings to be thinking that, you know, and even if you and your siblings don't get along great, it's still important for you to be talking about the roles you're willing to play in your parents' lives as they age, sort that out so that you're not, again, scrambling to figure it out when that emergency arises because then you're more likely to have fights. And if you can at least sit down and try to civilly discuss, okay, who's going to be talking to mom and dad? Is it all of us? Is it one of us? When should we do it? And I will tell you, don't do it during a holiday meal. <laughs> there <laughs> might be people there who don't need to be part of the conversation or if someone's had too much to drink, you know, that conversation is going to go downhill. At least wait till after the meal, ideally the day after. And even then just say, hey, mom and dad, we want to have this conversation. We don't need to do it now, but let's find a good time when we can sit down and talk. You know, by talking to your siblings beforehand, you can hammer out all the details on how you're going to approach mom and dad 
You don't want to make it look like you're ganging up on them. Though so you don't, want, you know, we are here as a united front together because we love you and we're looking out for you. And you know, if your parents know that you're on the same page, it's going to make it easier for them. A lot of times, parents don't want to have these conversations because they're afraid it's going to lead to fighting among the children. And so, if you go to them, letting them know, hey, we're 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 in this together. We want to help you together, and we're willing. You know, we, we've agreed that, you know, these are the roles that we can play and we want to be able to help you. But to do that, we're going to need some information from you so that we mm-hmm. can step in if you ever need our help. These, you know, these conversations are about, you know, returning that favor to your parents. They took care of you and you want to be able to take care of them if they ever need help. And the conversations should come from a place of love and respect and you need to keep that in mind as you're talking to mom and dad. You know, talk to them with out of respect. You don't want to be condescending. You don't want to issue ultimatums. You don't want to appear greedy. You want to let them know that you're there to help them if they ever need your help. Oh, absolutely. And and things will come out sideways typically with siblings. I remember after my dad died, we were all up at the cabin around the fireplace or the fire pit, and I pulled out kind of a box of. Um, some small trinkets of my dad's, and I got accused of, you know, where did the diamonds go from for these settings? And I, I'm just thinking, a, if I did take the diamonds, I wouldn't be dumb enough to leave the settings there and put them in front of you. And and b, uh, look at your wives because they were the ones that got the diamonds. We bought our own, you know. <laughs> but it's and and you those little trips and triggers can happen, um, and they can be really innocent, but they can really hurt at the same time. And so, again, the more you can discuss and be open on, you know, what the plan is, um, the easier it's going to be on you as siblings, but it's going to be much, much easier on your folks as well uh, because that is a massive hurdle. They they don't want to have a disruptive conversation. They don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And sometimes it's hard for them to say who they want in charge because not everybody has to be part of this whole financial piece. You know, some of us are better at finances and legal. Others are better at, you know, cooking and cleaning. Others are great at, um, you know, uh, taking us to our doctor's appointments and doing grocery shopping. And, And there's none of them are less than the other. They're all very important tasks. And if you can put that at the forefront and, and come in together, um, you will be stronger and the whole process will be easier and better for everyone. So Cameron, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really interesting conversation. And to our audience, please like, click, and share this episode. This is a really important conversation. Again, you can visit a grateful site by going to get I, I'm sorry, not grateful, careful. <laughs> you will be grateful you went to careful. Um, you, you, can, you can go to their website, getcareful.com. And then, again, you can always look for um, Cameron Huddleston's book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have the Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Financing, um, basically at any of the, the common places that you purchase. So, um, if that is, uh, you know, one of the bookstores or Amazon, you know, just check it out. But get the information you need and do it ahead of time. Again, Cameron, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, everyone. We'll talk soon.
Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.